Aerosmith and Ragdoll, classic rock, 90 one a song that the legendary Holly Knight is credited with. And Holly Knight is joining us on the line right now, has a new book called I Am the Warrior. And Holly, I got to say, really, really enjoyed the book. Oh, thank you. I kind of imagined I would be taken on a roller coaster ride. So I was kind of buckled in and, and ready for that. Because there's a lot of ups mm-hmm. and downs from anybody that you hear about talking about the music business. It's just kind of common. What's different about your story is it's not just the ups and the downs. It's the twists and the turns. I mean, and oh, wow. you put it in there so clearly that, I mean, you think you're going one way and then all of a sudden you're done. And then they, you know, you go a completely different way. And it's kind of like your reaction to what's happening in your life we get to live <laughs> right along with you and we're just as shocked and amazed and and blown away by it as well that's really interesting i mean one minute you're you're sleeping with rats and cockroaches and then it's a member of kiss <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny that's hilarious there's there's not a big dif- difference between the two sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you said in your book that, you know, you, you didn't know what monumental thing would happen on any given day. And that's kind of how each chapter sort of played out. And, you know, like I said, what was cool is you seem to be as shocked and surprised at the cool things that would fall into your lap or that, you know, you worked so hard to get, but you got them and you seem surprised. I know. Uh, it, yeah, really. And, you know, I've always sort of felt like... Um, you know, the universe is, is sort of uh, has this magical way of when things are meant to happen, it just sort of pushes you along, you know, in your own inertia and energy, like the wind. And then there are other times where you want something to happen and no amount of pushing and prodding will make it happen if it's not meant to be. So right. I, I've always had to look at it as I was on the right path and this, the things that I were doing, that, that was just a sign to just keep going down that road because... That was the right direction for my journey, you know? Yeah, it just, it was so exciting. <laughs> Some of the, the people that you've <laughs> met and the places you've been and the things you've seen. Just... Yeah, I know, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't make this up. I mean, if you look <laughs> at the roster of it, everything from like Kiss and Aerosmith and Hart and Tina Turner yeah. and, and Pat Benatar and, um, you know, Rod Stewart, and it, it just goes on and, um, it, it's funny because when I was going through it, though, it didn't seem, um, I don't know, it didn't seem like almost real in a way because, yeah. you, you know, you can't make this stuff up. You, yeah. you really can't. <laughs> um, so I just kind of accepted it and, and went with it. And I think that was part of my success was I was just, I was ready. I was born ready, you know. And you start the book. The book is called I Am the Warrior. You start right at your childhood. How was that? I don't know, I guess rehashing all that, thinking about all that, putting that, the memories that you had into words. How was that for you? Was it cathartic oh, or was it really hard? It was, it was cathartic. And yeah. it, you know, it, it wasn't really hard. It was just sort of, but there were times where it was almost like PTS where I could sort of um, feel all over again, the, the fear or the emotions that I went through when I was young. Um, but it also gave me some closure that I, I really didn't have. My mom had already passed by the time I started writing the book, right. as did my father, you know, and I had very different relationships with both of them. And 
with my father, it was all loving, and, and we had some incredible closure like a week before he passed away. But with my mother, I never had that, so I had to sort of resolve those things. And I think by writing and putting it down, it, it really it helped me, you know. So I don't feel the um, sort of the anger and the frustration, and I've, I've just sort of, I guess it was sort of a letting go process, you yeah. know. And then I also realized, it was part of my journey because all right. the things, I mean, I've always felt, and I write about this in the book, um, where, you know, adversity is not the enemy. It's, it's actually a gift. It's an experience that's given to you, and it causes you to be better and rise above. And if you survive that, you're only stronger for the next experience that you go through. It's just so true that what they say, what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Um, yeah. So. You know, I felt that everything that happened happened for a reason. Yeah. Even the things that seemed dark ended up being such a gift for me and became part of my story that I wrote about without even knowing it, you know, about fighting for things that mattered and, you know, what what every single person deserves in this, you know, the basic needs that we, we have to be ourselves, you know. And you talk about, you know, obviously the music industry is a very, uh, especially was, I, I don't know if it's any better now, uh, a very male dominated um, place to be so you you had to get in there and fight you had to roll your sleeves up you had to be you know a member of the boys club so to speak so you know like you said maybe those things mm-hmm. happen to make give you the strength to to take on anything really exactly I mean after after what I went through as a child um, it was a piece of cake I was ready for that <laughs> you know and you know it wasn't so much like fighting for my place as just walking in and acting like I have every right to be here next you yeah. know Let's get to work. Yeah. And and I think that not so much intimidated men, but made them sort of take a look and go, okay, I better not, you know, I better, better not use the, 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 the usual crap that I, I put out <laughs> there with, with women and stuff because right. this woman is, is beyond that, you, you know. You drew that line that that was not appreciated. Right. Or if there, there's things in the, you know, I think my, my, press, per, my press agent said to me something about, um, you know, it's a juicy and provocative read. And, and again, it was like, I, you know, there's nothing in that book that I'm not proud of or anything that I have, I feel I need to hide even from my family because they know who I am. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a love letter to the eighties and, and, and also mm-hmm. a story about um, how we all have the right to be who we are. So if men can get away with certain behaviors, well then so can women. Darn so right. it's 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 not just a story of men do this or they have a bachelor pad or they get to do you know yeah I had every right to do everything I did too you know and I worked hard. What a decade that was in music. Obviously, you know I would come home from school, throw on we had much music here, MTV, obviously same kind of thing, and mm-hmm. you'd go after school, you'd come home, you turn it on, and we'd watch the music videos, uh, try to see who's got the latest videos, who was doing something really crazy because that right. was the eighties. And you really create that for us in the book. But of course, from your perspective, you know, for me, I'm looking on the outside in, but you are on the inside and you, you really do recreate that so well. And I know the reader is going to be like me and, and want to be with you in LA, all the fun times, all the experiences that you had, right? Well, that's my hope. You know, my hope is that for the people that lived through it, that were old enough at that time that they lived through it or they were growing up, you know, like you. Um, that they remember it takes them back. Just like when you smell something or you hear a certain song, maybe the song was even one of mine 
where they go, oh, God, I remember when Love, Love is a Battlefield was out, and I started yeah. wearing shoulder pads, and we went to this club, and I met this person. So you smile because it's nostalgia, and it's nostalgia of a time that was actually a lot of fun in, in all its excess and craziness. It, it's fun. And it was sort of like the end of that at the end of that decade. But also for people that didn't, that weren't even born, that hadn't lived through that, yeah. my hope is that they read it and go, God, I wish I'd been there. But <laughs> this, this is maybe the next best thing, hopefully, you know. The teased hair and the shoulder pads. I remember that. I didn't go out without the shoulder pads. I wore them <laughs> in everything. I always thought that the shoulder pads, I think the logic was if you have big shoulders, your waist is going to look smaller. Oh, okay. And plus, you'll look like you've got expensive designer clothes on, which right. when I look back at it now, it's just. You know, it's just part of the the charm and the silliness of the 80s <laughs> that didn't really make a lot of sense, you know. But we had fun um, going through it, right? Go through it like one more time. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, another thing I was going to say is, so, uh, is really tickling me is that, you know, I wrote this book from a woman's perspective and yeah. I fully kind of expected women to resonate with it because it's it's empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting, what's really sort of interesting me is that my male friends or men that are writing in and, you know, fans and stuff are loving it too. Like all my male rock star friends too. They're <laughs> just like, they, they've texted me and it's like, I can't put this down. And that makes me really happy because Aww. then it, it just sort of broadens the whole thing and, and opens it up for anybody can get something out of the book, I think. Has anybody that you've written about called you and, and had any comments? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't really mention names, but absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, one of them said to me, I didn't know you loved me so much. <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I know. It's, 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 it's very sweet. Sometimes it's hard to tell people how much they meant in your life. And so maybe that was, you know, that was your way of doing that for them. Absolutely. And, you know, there are moments in the book where I'm not, you know, always so nice. But I, I don't really throw anybody under the bus. No. or say anything super negative but there are definitely brutal moments in there where brutally honest sorry not brutal moments but where I'm just really honest about what I went through like the Rod Stewart story you yeah. know and that itself is an interesting story uh, people have to get the book to to read what happened there but I know that Rod Stewart's a big soccer fan is he any good let's be honest <laughs> you know what actually and it's, it's soccer you know he's got yeah. I guess is he Scottish yeah yeah um He's actually surprisingly good. I mean, he looks like he could have played professionally. From what I can tell, of course, I'm an outsider. I don't know a lot about soccer. But, no, I think he he always sort of took it serious enough that um, he played pretty well. And, and I remember there were other people that came and played with him on his team that I think were professional players. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I guess it's different with every artist and every song, but, you know, is there a generic feeling that you get when you hear somebody else take a song and, and make it theirs? It's emotional. Um, and actually, I, I, I remember writing about it in the book because it, it, it is something so important that you go through as a songwriter, yeah. I, I kind of described it as, you know, when you write the song and you haven't really played it to anybody but your friends, it's sort of like you're you're growing a baby and it's inside the womb and it's nice and warm and it's protected and then the baby's born and you have to, then the, the, the baby comes out in the, in the world and then you send it out to people and then you have to sort of brace yourself for everything from, uh, you know, it's a hit, it's not a hit. It's right. too pop. It's not pop enough. It's not right for this artist. I love it. I'm not loving it. You know, you go through the whole gamut. And finally, either right away someone says, I love it, which I was very fortunate that would happen 
fairly often if I wrote it for an artist. Yeah. And then, you know, it's sort of like giving your baby up for adoption. Yeah. You kind of wave yeah. goodbye. They walk off with a baby <laughs> and you just hope they don't mess it up. Right. You know, <laughs> and then, you know, more times than not, they do a great job. And if you're lucky, it, it, it would become a hit. But there were, you know, some sometimes and one of my biggest hits, which I write about in the book, where when I first heard the recording after submitting the demo, I was shocked um, at how different it's. It, it, it didn't sound different musically. All the elements were there. It was just production-wise, it was not what I had been thinking. Um, it went on to be a big hit, so it's all, you know, hindsight. doesn't matter. I, I learned to love it more and more as the song got bigger and bigger. But you go through you go through the whole gamut of emotions. And, and you know, I've also been asked, like, is it hard to give songs away when you write them? And I thought, well, for me, not at all. That's the whole point is yeah. I write for other people. I'm not trying to make my own record, at least not with the songs that I write for other people. When I wanted to um, make songs that were a little bit more artsy and outside the box, even more than they already were, that's when I was doing my own projects. Okay. But I always went back to songwriting. Who is the nicest person you've ever worked with and, and written for? Wow, um, that's a good question because there's actually quite a few. I would say that <laughs> Lou Graham from Foreigner oh, yeah. was probably one of the nicest ones. And that's probably why there's not a chapter on him because there was nothing really to say. I mean, we just wrote a great song. Um, also, Steven Tyler was yeah. one of the sweetest, most adorable. Yeah, just he's exactly like you know you would imagine he would be yeah a lot um, of fun energetic super... too i like i like your chapter yeah that was yeah that was neat yeah i mean he's kind of like he's got the energy of a monkey that's probably why i get along with him i was born in the year of a monkey and right. i I'm, I'm not sure where he comes in on that but no just super nice um i worked with a lot of nice i i worked with more uh people that were nice than weren't so when yeah. they weren't it really stood out you know yeah and Billy Idol, you took him as your date to the MTV uh, award show? The very first one, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> that must have been a cool experience. <laughs> it really, really was. I mean, we were platonic friends. It wasn't a date like a romantic date. We we met each other when he had come over to start a solo career, and he was looking for, uh, you know, he didn't know his way around, and he was looking for a manager. And he had already started working, actually. I take that back. He had already started working with my manager, Bill Coyne, who managed Kiss. Right. And so we knew each other in the beginning, and I took him around. And then years later, when I saw him, he was you know, he exploded, and he was on the cover of Rolling Stone and everything. And and I also had made it as a songwriter, so it was kind of cool to look at each other and go, "We did it!" You know, yeah. the dream does really come true. And so we decided to go to the first MTV Awards together. And he was up for a bunch of awards that night, but I had, like, I was in the front row. I, I saw when Madonna came out and was crawling on the stage there doing Like a Virgin, which my friend Billy Steinberg wrote with Tom Kelly. I was just, I, I couldn't believe I was there. And I was sitting with like the royalty <laughs> of the business. And I had a reason to be there because one of my songs was also up for an award. So That right there, what you just explained, is a lot of what people will find in this book. Like you just being, this is awesome. Look at where I am. I mean, but... Obviously, you can see throughout the years how much work you put into it, you know, how many obstacles you had to climb. Like I said, there's still those ups and downs, but the, the twists and, and turns and your experience with heart with Anne and Nancy Wilson. I mean, they were just uh, incredible women and you were just right in there. 
Yeah, I should have mentioned them when you asked some, you know, who were some of the nicest people I worked with because they were too. Yeah. Um, and I actually got pretty close with them. But, you know, I focused on the MTV period and that particular decade by design. I mean, obviously, after that, I went on to do a lot of things. I wrote the biggest song in my life at the end of the 80s, which was the best yeah. for Tina Turner. But um, I chose, thank you, I, I chose to write about that particular error and there's an afterward at the end which tells you know well what did I do after that I had kids I got married you know three times and and but I just kind of skim over that because I yeah. just I felt like there were not enough there's really not a lot of content out there except the content itself you know like my music is getting covered and licensed more now from the 80s than any other period um that I've been in the business but I just wanted to focus on that period because I don't think people have heard enough about it from the inside. You know, we all saw yeah. the videos and everything. And I thought it, I thought that that was timely given that everybody's embracing that music and that period. Um, and there were so many great songs during that period too. You know, I think things started to change a bit after that and times got darker and, you know, we had to pay for all the, the, all the excess that we indulged in in the 80s. Things became different, you know. Yeah, the nineties um, so, weren't as fun, right? Like they No, they no, of, no, no, they weren't. It's it was an awesome era. It was so much fun. Everything was bright, right? Like it seemed like when the nineties hit everything mm-hmm. were dark and grungy. Yeah. You know, I wrote as you know, like when I start out the book and I'm talking my, about my childhood, I grew up in New York City, so I titled it Film Noir, you know. Yeah. And then one years later, a few years later, I moved out to California and I decided I was going to be a full-time songwriter. After I'd already had a couple of records out with my band Spider, I called that Fuji Color. Yeah. And everything just became so like yeah. cotton candy, colorful and and crazy. And um so I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a neat comparison. So what's what's next for you then? Are you working on anything right now? I, I am. You know, originally I started to write a, a musical I wanted to do one with a, oh. my entire catalog of music. And um, it, it was hard. It's really hard to get funding because making, you know, theater is, is just so expensive. So I got pretty far. Um, I hired some writers. I got a producer. But then, you know, I wasn't happy with the story. And it kind of got put to the side. And someone said, you know what? You should write a book first. Yeah. Write a book. And then after the book's done, if it does well, then you can do anything. So I actually have a couple of things in the works uh, with the book that could be turned into something else, you know, whether it's a mini series or like a limited one or, or a musical, you know, it's very, very, very early stages, but I'm doing that. I'm also, you know, I don't write, I don't get up and write a song every day. So I've sort of done that for so long that, um, that now I'm producing and working only on stuff that I really want to work on. So yeah. I have a new band that I'm producing called La Crush, and their first single is already out on uh, iTunes and stuff, and it's all women. It's a band of virtuoso women. Amazing. And, yeah, so I'm excited about that because any opportunity to get women out there showing what they can do yeah. is exciting for me. Um, and I teach master classes as well, and I'm into professional photography these days. I do a lot of fine <laughs> art photography. So, you know, just constantly trying to find things that are creative outlets for me because yeah. if I don't have the outlet, I start to feel edgy and, like, you know, right. I always need to be doing something. I don't ever see myself retiring. And I've written some of the best music I've ever written in my life. Um, 
pretty recently. So, but times are different, you know, everybody gets a shot. And then if you look at any band, whether it's you two or Madonna or anybody, you have a period that is your golden period. And then you actually may get even better what you do, but the times around you change and you have to sort of reinvent yourself or figure out who the next big it person is going to be, you know? And maybe you pass it on to the next generation, too, which, like I said, I love doing that. And I think, like you said, too, having a book that covered the 80s, there's been so many other kind of books and even movies and stuff um, that do cover, you know, the 60s or the 70s, but to really highlight the 80s. And I absolutely recommend uh, everybody picks up uh, Holly Knight's I Am the Warrior. It's a fantastic read, and we really do get to go on that the roller coaster ride, full complete with twists and turns and and shocks and awes and everything like that, uh, right along with you. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Um, I also wanted to just let people know that I also have an audio book which came out the same day on Audible, and um, I narrated it. And oh, the nice. thing that's cool about the yeah, um, they really wanted me to, and at first I was like, I wonder if I can do this, but it, I really enjoyed the process, and. Um, the thing that's also very cool about the audiobook is it's going to, well, not going to, it has um, some of the original demos that I did of some of my biggest songs. Oh, no Like way. The Best and The Warrior. Yeah, and so what's cool about it, I mean, it's actually cool to have both. because One is like more sort of the audio, but you get the demos of songs. And what's interesting, I think people have told me, is that all the elements to my big songs were there. Like you hear the demo to The Best. And except for sonically and things like that, and obviously being different singers and musicians, yeah. all the parts that you hear, for instance, in the Tina Turner um, version, it's all there. Love is a Battlefield. There's the demo for The Warrior with Nick Gilder singing, who co-wrote the song with me. He did Hot Child in the City, if you ever remember that song. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's interesting to hear him singing the demo that ended up being the Patti Smythe one. So. Wow. Um, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. I know what I'm asking for for Christmas. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. really well, you know, cool. Like once, you, once you buy a book, there's no really like reason, if you've already read it, to, to listen to an audiobook, except that this is yeah. different because it has those extra things in it, you know? Exactly. So. To hear it like how you've done it, just that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. I Am the Warrior. Go and get it. It's available at all bookstores. Can they get it online as well? Is there a, a specific website? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. All of them, you know, the typical, you know, Amazon, Barnes yeah. & Noble, any, anywhere that you get books, it's, it's, it's out. All right. Ask for it for Christmas. You'll want it. You won't regret it. <laughs> Holly, it's a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> absolutely. And the audiobook too, if my family's listening, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and I'm glad you enjoyed reading the book. I really did. All the best to you. I'll be uh, I'll be keeping an eye out for what you come out with next. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, so great talking to Holly Knight. Now, listen, we have got a copy of Holly Knight's The Warrior to give away. What you have to do, text us your favorite song by Holly Knight. Classic rock text line powered by Andy's Auto Records at 519-679-3733. Let us know what your favorite track is by Holly Knight. We'll do a draw for her new book called I Am the Warrior. Good luck.